0: Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. We hope you enjoy this episode and we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. We have a great show in store for you today, so we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along if you can. My name is Amber Jordan, and I am here once again with Dr. Michael David Morales, a.k.a. Mo.
1: Hey, what's going on, Amber? Always good uh, to be here with you, and it's always good to be talking leadership, so let's do it.
0: Well, if you are looking for some leadership inspiration, look no further than Super Bowl Twenty Three between the 49ers and the Bengals. It, it was 1989. I walked to the pizza factory with some of my friends hoping to find some cute boys watching some football. (laughs) And what we found instead was a little bit of that Joe Montana late game magic. Niners were down by three, fourth quarter, three minutes left when they take what was likely their last possession. And they started at like the eight yard line, brought it all the way down the field to like the 11 yard line. Now there's 34 seconds left in the game. If Hmm. they miss this, you know the Bengals are going to, you know, take a knee and run out the clock.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, so the Niners, they come out of the huddle. Montana fires the ball to John Taylor in the end zone for the win. And, you know, I, like, I always wonder what, what goes on in the huddle in a moment like that, you know, like more, more than just the play call, like what words of inspiration, what motivational speeches happen in like those do or die moments that rally the team to, you know, give it all they've got. Well, (laughs) as the story goes in the huddle, Montana said to his men, Hey, isn't that John Candy in the stands? (laughs) No, I don't know if that's the most motivational thing that you could say, but as his teammates tell it, it was the perfect icebreaker. You know, the tension was high, the stakes were high, but in a split second, Joe was able to get their minds off the pressure, which really allowed them to loosen up and execute the play and get the win. But as Mm. Joe tells it, his teammate Harris Barton was always pointing out like, you know, celebrity sightings and he just hadn't heard him mention it that day. And so (laughs) he just thought, Hey, I should let him know. John Candy's in the stands (laughs) and, sure enough, they ended up winning. So, you know, Mo, I'll be honest. I I can't remember if there were cute boys at the pizza factory (laughs) that day. But I sure as heck remember that victory, which for me, knowing the backstory just kind of makes it that much sweeter. So there are a lot of leadership lessons that we can learn from this story. But today we're going to focus on effective listening for leaders. And really the results we as leaders can expect when we commit to becoming effective leaders. So why don't you start us off?
1: <laughs> Thanks, Amber. And uh of course, you know, great lead-in story as always. Uh and you know, when when I was young in leadership and trying to do my best to, you know, just keep it all together, really, I thought the answer to everything was to just do more. And I know that you and I share that common personality trait. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> we make the mistake of, you know, action. For effectiveness, right? But of course, mm-hmm. you know, there—that's pretty far from the truth. And you know, I—I've had multiple conversations with my mentor Kevin over the years on the importance of effective listening. But of course, you know, uh, he had to have that conversation with me several times over the year over the years because you know, well, I—I I just I didn't listen. So <laughs> he, eventually, uh, I had enough conversations and and read enough books. And finally, let some of that that wisdom and guidance seep into my thick (laughs) skull. And (laughs) over the years, you know, I've connected with several experts in in psychology, sociology, ministry, business, and the like, to know you know what does it mean to be an effective listener. And you know, we have three insights today uh, regarding this topic. So here's the first result that leaders can expect when they commit to becoming effective listeners. Here it is. Listening builds communication. And so, Amber, obviously, uh, we know that you're a huge you know, San Francisco 49ers fan, uh, obviously, from the, the very obscure story, right? That, that, that nobody knows uh, uh, that you just told on our podcast. But, you know, in all seriousness, you know, who knows whether, you know, in that famous Joe Montana huddle, um, if it would have ever even happened without a huddle, the huddle actually even being invented. And so, um, I, I have a little bit of a, a story for you. Um, and, and the question really is, do you know how the, the huddle was invented? And like all things, somebody had to be the first one to do it, right? And so here's that story in a nutshell. There's a guy and his name was Paul Hubbard, and he was playing quarterback for, um, I think it says, uh, Go-Golodet University. I think I'm reading it right here. And, uh, that particular university was, um, Still and still is a school um, you know, of the deaf and, and the hard of hearing. Well, Hubbard and his team obviously went up against other teams who had um, uh, you know, deaf and hard of hearing players as well. So it's not like he could just come up to the line and start giving hand signals, right, because the other team might know what he's doing as well. And so the huddle was instituted. Right. <laughs> and, wow. and as a leader, you know, the way that you communicate with your team is important. And that's what Hubbard knew. He knew he had to communicate with his team. And there were certain things that only his team could know that the other team should not know. And so, you know, whether you're uh, you know, in, in the huddle and you just want your team to hear or if you are um, in a, uh, a huddle within your company. Right. Um, and, and you are trying to signal to the rest of the company or even the rest of the world of what you want them to know leaders need to be able to communicate effectively. And a lot of that communication has to do with the way that you listen to others. And so listening well is a crucial aspect of effective communication for leaders. So um, by you know actively listening to their team members, a leader can understand their perspectives, concerns, ideas, and this allows the leader to respond appropriately and make informed decisions. And so when team members feel heard and understood, they're more likely to trust and engage with their leader, fostering, you know, in essence, a positive and productive work environment. So I guess the first question that we have for our listeners today, Amber, is this, are you listening to those perspectives, concerns, and ideas of your people? And when I say listen, I mean actively listening because part of active listening might be to to write stuff down. Um Amber, how many times have I told you that you that you need to not just have one journal, right? But you need to have two <laughs> journals. <laughs> and yep. the first one's to write down all the madness in your life, right? And, and and that first journal pretty much keeps you sane. It lets you it's a way of talking to ourselves without, you know, feeling like like, like we're like we're losing it, right? <laughs> But yeah. the other journal and uh, that I remember telling you is, you know, Amber, you need to have a leadership journal. And I know you have a leadership journal that that you use today. And so, you know, th- this is pretty much a list of stuff, you know, that we um, hear from other people that people tell us or the things that we learn from uh, reading or, or experiencing life. Um, and whether you're using your phone or if you're old school uh, like me and you use a notebook or or something smaller. And actually, I have both. Um, uh, handwritten and online stuff now um, when I journal, you know, the thing is you, you have to do it. And so, you know, uh, do you keep something in your pocket uh, just to take, to take it out and jot down some ideas? Because, you know, leaders, Amber, are always ready to write down the leadership goodness, right? <laughs> is, is what I always call it. You know, Amber, <laughs> you got to write down your leadership goodness so you can pick up that book and see what you have heard from all the aspects of your life.
0: And it really is found in every aspect of life, right? I mean, I, I feel like I can't go to the store or a sporting event or <laughs> watch a movie or have a conversation without finding some way right. that it relates back to leadership. So yes, as you always say, like there is no excuse to not be writing down things in my leadership journal because normal <laughs> day-to-day life is just like leadership goldmine, right? Like if right. you're like intentionally looking for it. Absolutely. So, yeah, that that's good. So our first point today is that listening builds communication. So what's the second result that leaders can expect when becoming an effective listener?
1: The second uh, thing that an effective listener uh, or an in, in, in effective listening for leaders is this, Amber. Listening builds relationships. Now, Amber, how many times um, have I talked about uh, Dale Carnegie's "How to Win Friends <laughs> and Influence People"? I know this is gonna, you know, make make you cringe a little bit, right? Because it's it's we're always going back to that book, right? Because there's so mm-hmm. many good stories, and they're all worth reading. And you can really just pick up that book. And I actually tell uh, all the people that that I that I mentor and coach just pick up that book anywhere in that book, and you're going to get a great story. And so I want to relate one of those actual stories, and I'm going to read it here, um, actually verbatim, uh, and it's really short, uh, but but here here it goes, and it's about uh, building relationships through listening. And this is what Dale Carnegie writes. says, I met a distinguished botanist at a dinner party given by a New York book publisher. I'd never talked with a botanist before, and I found him fascinating. I literally sat on the edge of my chair and I listened while he spoke of exotic plants and experiments in developing new forms of plant life and indoor gardens. And he even told me of the astonishing facts about the humble potato. (laughs) I I had a small (laughs) indoor garden of my own, and he was good enough to tell me how to solve some of my problems. And as I said, we were at a dinner party. There must have been a dozen other guests, but I violated all the canons of courtesy, ignored everyone else and talked for hours with that botanist. Midnight came. I said goodnight to everyone and departed. The botanist then turned to the host and paid me several flattering compliments. I was most stimulating. I was, by the end, the most interesting conversationalist he had ever known. (laughs) An interesting conversationalist? Why, I had said hardly anything at all. I couldn't have said anything if I wanted to without changing the subject, for I didn't know anything more about botany than the anatomy of a penguin. But I had done this. And here it is, Amber. He says, I had listened intently. I had listened because I was genuinely interested. And he felt it naturally that pleased him. That kind of listening is one of the highest compliments we can ever pay anyone. And we've read that story, right, Amber, a a ton of times. And I meet so many leaders, young and old and in between, uh, that You know, they, they, they always ask, what are the secrets about being a great leader? And, and, and everybody always forgets that most important part, which is this listening. If you want to be the star of any party, if you want to have everybody remember, you know, who you are, don't, don't try to dazzle them with all your great wit and all the important stories that you know, and, and let them know how, how you know everything and they need to listen to you instead, you know, if you listen to people and let them talk about themselves, that's going to make you, like Dale Carnegie says, you know, you're going to be a hit of the party. And so this isn't about being facetious or, or disingenuous by, by any means, because when you take genuine interest in people and you listen to them, you'll not only endear yourself to them, but you're also going to learn a whole heck of a lot about them.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it really doesn't have to take all night at a dinner party. Like, it can be a split second, like, hey, isn't that John Candy in the stands? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. If I've learned anything from you and Dale Carnegie, it's that not putting myself first or my, or my quote unquote, as we always say, great wisdom or my feelings, (laughs) or even the pressure that I'm under in the moment as a leader, not putting those things first, but being intuitive about what my people need from me is really built by that process of learning to listen effectively to my team day in and day out. Wouldn't you say?
1: Absolutely. In fact, listening well helps a leader to build you know, strong relationships with their team members. And when leaders genuinely listen to their employees, uh, their team members, the people they lead, it demonstrates respect, empathy, and support. And it creates a sense of almost psychological safety, You know, I- encouraging open dialogue, collaboration uh, with one another, and this ultimately fosters a sense of belonging and loyalty among team members, which in turn is going to boost morale, productivity, and even retention in your company.
0: Yeah, so good. Okay, so listening builds communication. Listening builds relationships. What is the third and final result of effective listening?
1: Sure, the, the, the third and final result uh, of, of effective listening of, uh, for leaders is this. Listening builds insight and gosh, I love that word, Amber. You you know, I love that word in in preparation for this episode. um, I I did, I did, I did the tough work, Amber. I watched one of my favorite movies, Apollo 13. I know it was like the 40th time I've ever seen it, but yeah, I was like, I, I gotta do it. Right. In fact, I was thinking, Amber, uh, maybe we need to make a Moe's top 50 movies about leadership, uh, because <laughs> I'm always talking about movies, right? And, and, and now you yeah. have your favorites and, and we're always talking about that. In fact, we have another podcast hopefully coming in the, uh, kind of near future that has to do with leadership yeah. and movies. But, you know, uh, it, it's, it's inspiring that movie, right? Apollo 13, um, because it's a story about leadership and what it means to work together, you know, and, and, for the for the majority of our uh, majority of our listeners you know they they've seen that movie but if you haven't uh he, here's the plot in a nutshell. Apollo 13 sent on a mission to the moon. Something goes wrong and all of a sudden <laughs> they they're not going to the moon anymore. They they're trying to get back to earth without, you know, crashing and burning and, and dying in space. And, you know, which is kind of crazy, right? And so they need to get home and if you're ever stuck in space like these guys, uh, I mean, w- w- what's it going to take to get home? It's going to take an entire team. Right. So they're they're up in, in the space shuttle on Earth, though. There's a guy who's in charge of the whole mission. And if you watch the movie, uh, Gene Kranz is the one who wears the the white vest. Right. And um, he does a pretty amazing job. And he's got an actual actually a pretty cool story himself. Um, but, you know, we won't get into that. But pretty much to get his boys home. He had to really rely not just on himself, but on dozens of people who were directly involved, all in the control room and simulation modules, and in in rooms other than just the mission control room. So, there there were three main teams at one point, and Gene was the architect that pretty much helped them all understand what they need to do. And then at one point, he pulls three engineers to the to to the front, and and uh, there's three guys. It's Arnie Aldrich. Uh, Bill Peters and John Aaron. And this is what he says. He says, whatever any of these three ask of you, you will do. (laughs) That's that's what he tells the room. (laughs) And Amber, he found the right people, put them in charge, put them in the right places, and then made sure that they as leaders communicated with their teams and relied on really the smartest people on the planet, right? To all do what they were supposed to do. And so he himself humbly deferred even to others in that situation because he knew there was other people that that were as good or better than him in a lot of areas to get the guys home. And so the reason I, I tell that, that quick story is a leader who listens well, like Gene did in this instance, is going to tap into the team's collective intelligence. You know, each team member brings unique experiences. And, and now, now I'm talking about your team out there to our listener. Okay. You're, each team member that you have uh, has unique experiences. Um, knowledge, different perspectives, and they bring all of that to the table. And by actively listening, a leader can harness this diversity and gain valuable insights that you know can lead to innovative solutions, like for Apollo 13, and then better decision making. And hopefully, that's what you are doing with your team. And, and Amber, it also encourages a culture of of inclusivity, and it encourages participation from you know individuals who might otherwise hesitate. To share their thoughts or their 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 ideas,
0: and and it's usually those quiet thinkers that have the good stuff that we don't want to miss out on, right? (laughs) Always, yeah, yeah. So, gosh, those are great insights for us today, Mo, to really become effective listeners. So, before we go, what what are some of your final thoughts for our listeners today?
1: Um. Well, one, um, we can always remember that, that the Niners are never too far off from a big win, right?
0: <laughs> oh, man, come
1: on, like 50 days
0: away from kickoff. <laughs> That's
1: right. But, you know, uh, you know in all seriousness, uh, I guess my final thoughts would be this. Um, learning how to listen well is going to allow a leader to enhance his or her communication skills, build strong relationships you know, with their team, and then, again, tap into the diverse insights of their employees. And, you know, we have to remember as leaders that um, listening is sometimes one of the best things, if not the best thing we can do, because when when life is going crazy, we have the tendency, like I said in the beginning, Amber, to just do things and just try to get things done and just try to be uh, action oriented. But leaders, you know, hear me when I say this, really listen to your teams Really listen to the people because they've got good things to say. And sometimes if your people aren't speaking up, it's not because they don't have anything to say. It's probably you haven't asked them and really were ready to listen to them. So, you know, in your decision making, um, in your, in your need and and hope for improved uh, team dynamics, um, and, and as you want to increase your effectiveness as a leader, my hope for you is that you would become a leader Who listens?
0: Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. And we hope that you will join us next week as we continue on this leadership journey. See you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast make sure you visit us at rtclc.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out. And share with others so they don't miss out.